0: Good morning, everybody. This is Jay Black's Daily Diary, a podcast I do each and every day until I get tired of it. Today is December 20th, 2018. I'm driving down to Atlantic City for a big-time meeting, folks. What's the meeting, you may ask? Well, I'm producing a pilot and I'm meeting the star and some of the other uh, producers, the physical producer, and uh, the two executive producers um, in my company to, uh, to get everything off the ground. I think we're going to shoot the first uh, full week in January. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be seeing my TV so- show soon. Will I be starring in it? No. Why? Because I'm ugly. I don't think that's the reason. I, I'll be honest with you: the uh, level of energy I have for in front of the camera stuff is is waning as I get older. I think in part because there's there's a uh, it's hard to not have an ongoing track of how old and excitable you are to other people. Meaning, like if I were to go on screen now, the question that anybody would have is. Why is this 42-year-old bearded dork on screen? Which is not to say like 10 years ago, people would have been like, who's this handsome man on screen? I, I just think that there, it's it's hard for my brain to get past the, the subliminal, psychological, suppressed idea that I'm too old to be doing it. So at this point, uh, I will go on uh, stage. I will, of course, record these beautiful podcasts, which, by the way, I haven't mentioned uh, in a while. Go over to nj1015.com and download the speaking podcast, which I do with my friends Bill Spady and Jessica Gibson. That's a real podcast. That isn't recorded as I'm driving to Atlantic City at 9:47 in the morning Eastern Standard Time. That's that's done in a studio. There's microphones, guests, headphones, pop filters. Hang on, let me say that again. Pop filters. Did you hear it pop? I was engaging in irony, everybody. Uh, So that's a good one. Check that out, nj1015.com. In the meantime, uh, you know, I think we should maybe just jump right into the news. The big news is Syria, which is a country. And I'm done now. There's more going on with Syria. Syria is, of course, in the middle of uh, a lot of... uh, my, uh, my car was just telling me I couldn't connect to my phone. I know, I'm recording a podcast car. Don't you understand that? They say these Ford cars are smart. Syria's in the middle of uh, a, a lot of dirty hands are on Syria. You got ISIS, you got Turkey, you got Russia. The United States has about 2,000 troops there that I, I have been learning. I gotta be honest with you, my, my geographical and geopolitical skills are, are not great, which I guess makes me an average American. But I've been learning this morning that uh, we were fighting ISIS there. Uh, we were fighting terrorism, which is always kind of tough to do because it's it's hard to fight an idea. I would have thought we would have learned in Vietnam, like you can't like drop a lot of napalm and then go, okay, capitalism is better. See you later. Doesn't quite work like that. I still think uh, terrorism is best fought with uh, Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's franchises. What I mean by that is. America is really good at blowing stuff up. I mean, we, we're top three all time. I think it goes like the Mongolians under Genghis Khan, us, and, I don't know, Michael Bay. I think that's the top three of blowing stuff up. But what do we do better than blowing stuff up? Well, I'll tell you. Selling stuff to people. America is really good at taking the best and most saleable part of any idea packaging it, then turn it around and selling it en masse. For instance, if you look at any of our fast food, fast food is the greatest uh, the delineator of what is good about a culture uh, versus what is kind of eh, hard to sell about a culture. So I always called America the all-star team of cultures, and I very rarely eat foods that are not in some way already fast food, because I think America went into like Germany and said, okay, we like hot dogs and we like hamburgers. Uh, most of the schnitzel stuff is crap. See you later. And then McDonald's and, and Nathan's exist. You know, we went to Mexico and we were like, uh, "Hey, tacos are great. In fact, that's all we need. Tacos. We're gonna take these ingredients. We're gonna mix them around, make seventy-five other foods. Uh, keep everything else. Keep your, uh, your your leche, whatever that milky kind of gross gunk is. We can't sell that. Leave it there, Mexico. Trace leche." I don't even want uno and leque. You know, uh, we went into England and said, none of this works, and we left. Uh, but you see what I'm saying. We we go to cultures and we go, what is, like, tasty about this culture? Then we extract all of the fun stuff without any of the salty stuff, and then we uh, we put it in a T-shirt cannon and fire it down the gullets of the entire world. So when I say that, like, you know, ISIS hates us, We're not going to get ISIS to love us with machine guns. I say you airdrop a whole bunch of Starbucks, McDonald's, and, uh, you know, Pornhub distributors (laughs) or servers, I guess, Pornhub servers. And you sit back, you give 15 years, you show back up. ISIS is a bunch of fat neckbeards going, eh, I'm going to jerk off again. I don't necessarily need to fight you guys because that's what America does. We take the, the energized and we turn them into the fat and slovenly uh, we're we're basically the big ship from Wally. We're, we're like the end of Wally in reverse. Which, by the way, I've watched uh, Wally uh, many times. I still think that they should have given a vote to the fatzos on the boat whether or not they wanted to go back to subsistence farming. Because I I, I got to tell you, given the choice between drinking milkshakes in a floating chair and uh, and and digging for peas, I'm I'm going I'm going milkshake. And I think I should have a choice. I should have a say in that. You know who the real terrorist is? Wali. That's the real terrorist. Anyhow, you look at Syria, we're we're currently fighting terrorism there, not with Starbucks, but with actual guns. We've got about 2,000 troops. And from all accounts, we were just a, a, a few months away from actually pulling the troops out. We were just sitting down at the negotiating table to sort of figure out what the next steps were going to be. And then yesterday without talking to his generals, without talking to his secretary of defense, without talking to his secretary of state, Donald Trump just pulls out. And by the way, uh, from what I understand from Stormy Daniels, he's not used to pulling out. This is a new thing for him. So he sort of unilaterally pulls out of Syria for, for no reason that we can see. In fact, it's the exact worst time. Even if you're like the dumbest of business people, right? Even if you're, you know, like... Steve Ballmer after Steve Ballmer has been hit in the head with a two by four like seven times. You understand the idea of leverage. You don't give up your leverage. You don't declare victory and walk away from the table before you've actually signed anything. Right. So Donald Trump, who purports to be a businessman, did not. He, he, he took his leverage and he he just left without talking to anybody. And this was disturbing. I mean, even Republican senators who are usually so far up Donald Trump's ass, they're, they're too muffled to quote, were very annoyed at this. They, they called it dumb. They called it uh, you know, weak. They called it a bad move because, you know, they're dummies from the Midwest, but Republican senators are still not Donald Trump dumb. They can, they can look at the board and go, this is the worst move you could possibly do. So I think uh, it's just simple logic to say if someone has done something that you can't explain, maybe take a moment and say, well, who does this benefit? I mean, it it doesn't benefit us in any way that we can see. So what does it benefit? Who does it benefit? And I don't ask you to do that as a conspiracy theorist because I, I don't believe in conspiracies. I don't want you to double back and, and twist your mind into gymnastics to come up with, well, he's actually doing it so that he and Hillary Clinton can defeat pedophiles with Mueller under a pizza hut. Ooh, pizza hut, that's another. We went to Italy and said, hey, we'll take this pizza and you know what, we'll give uh, pasta to the uh, uh, Olive Garden, but keep all this other shit. We don't, keep your scooters. We'll sell them to hipsters, but we don't want them. You take your Fiat and you drive it right up your Italian asshole." We, we didn't say that. I think we just implied it heavily with our actions. Anyhow, uh, let's just look at what we know without inventing any stories. Let's just take a look at what we know. Who benefits from the United States leaving Syria? Who could it be? Who benefits? <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. Vladimir Putin and Erdogan uh, from Turkey two autocratic dictators who have been trying to get us out of Syria for for quite a long time. Now, this, this is like if if you were accused of cheating on your wife, inviting your mistress to Thanksgiving, but not saying why. Just just saying, "Oh yeah, this is uh, this is Sandra." <laughs> right? This is this is some girl that I, I've been dating and I, I, she's gonna sit uh, here at the table. You, as any kind of rational human being would go, why are you doing this? This doesn't make any sense, right? Why are you helping this person that we all dislike and think is bad, right, in public? I think in the short term, what you get is two things. In the short term, you get a distraction away from all the you know negative investigations, And you also send a signal flare to Vladimir Putin that you're still his boy. I've come to think that that's really the only answer that makes sense is that Donald Trump is sending that signal flare, hey everybody, I am on Vladimir Putin's side. And I'm doing it in a way that is obvious but deniable because his his explanation is that we've won that particular war against ISIS. So, And he's also on some level given protection because one of his campaign promises was to get us out of the wars. But to do something that is is flatly disagreed with by basically everyone who understands this situation, the only logical explanation here is that he's trying to distract and he's trying to signal to Putin, hey, I'm still on your side. You don't have to release any more letters. You don't have to release any more compromise. I'm going to do what you need me to do. And if that's true, and I, I don't know if that's true. It's just sort of like the, uh, uh, you know, Occam's razor, you know, the shortest distance here between what the facts are and what the, uh, the, the idea behind the facts might be. Um, that's true. That's, that's sad, right? Does that make you happy? I mean, I guess when I write write these things, when I I do these monologues, I'm thinking about, you know, the the Donald Trump fan that might be listening to this. And I understand you're going to say, well, he's just keeping his campaign promise. He's playing 27-dimensional chess. You don't get it. Yeah, but it just seems sad to me. It's heartbreaking to, to watch... The, the president of the united states uh, turn into to the errand boy of a two-bit dictator in charge of a flailing economy uh, that was once our our defeated enemy but has somehow rose from the ashes to cause this much chaos in the united states i mean not i i don't even know just i i didn't live through the 50s and 60s but other than the cuban missile crisis which which was, you know, at least understandable. I mean, has the Russians ever caused this much issue in America? And to go from defeated to in control of the situation to calling the shots about American foreign policy, that's heartbreaking. Anyhow, I still am off to Atlantic City. I'm going to stop there. And uh, I I just want to... I always like to leave on a happy note. I just like to leave... On a happy note. You guys have been wonderful as always. Got a flurry of uh activity on the uh the podcast yesterday. I don't know if you're telling people about it, if you're a fan and you're going back and listening to the other episodes, but keep it up. Keep telling friends. We're not even on uh, Apple iTunes yet. I mean, this this is our secret, folks. If you're listening to this, you're part of the uh the chosen people. I mean, I mean, maybe that's overstating it. But, I mean, it's a fun little club to be in, right? Let's get more people in the club. And I will talk to you tomorrow unless I don't feel like it. Have a great day, everybody. This is Jay Black signing off slowly because Face ID is not working on his iPhone. It can't open the phone. There we go. Goodbye, everybody.